0: Yum. yum, 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 yum! It's the Eat Crow version of the <laughs> Dolphins in Depth podcast with Caddy of the show Armando Salguero and star of show Adam Beasley. Adam, here, have a have a slice of of crow, bro. Um, you the hater of Josh Allen, Josh Allen made you made you feel it, didn't he? Not oh, not
1: not only did Josh Allen make me feel it but the entirety of hashtag Bill's Mafia made me feel it on twitter.com uh they've been dunking on me like they're Shaq and you know what I deserve it he was incredible he was good week one he was fantastic week two uh and as I wrote in the uh the, the August pages of the uh, Miami Herald he is the best quarterback right now in the AC East including Cam Newton he is he's incredible
0: he uh, he is incredible, and he is a dolphin killer. <laughs> he, he he really is. He's five and one against the Miami Dolphins, and when he plays the Miami Dolphins, he just goes off, uh, running the ball, passing the ball, deep, short, deep sidelines. It, 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 amazing, this guy.
1: And and the the Bills ownership on offense, of the Dolphins' defense, predates uh, the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, if you look at his stats, he looked like a damn Hall of Famer when he played the Dolphins. Every single time he roasted him. I have no idea what it is about the Bills that own the Dolphins the way it does, but it's got to change. It has to change if the Dolphins have any hopes of winning the division, not just this year, but in years to come. Because if you can't get past the damn Buffalo Bills, you're not going anywhere.
0: So let's put a, a bow on, on Josh Allen because, uh, you know, we gotta escape his, his clutches. He <laughs> was 24 of 35, 417 yards, 4 touchdowns, a passer rating of 147. Uh, he threw that, uh, that 46 yard strike. To John Brown to basically put a dagger in the Miami Dolphins when the game was still undecided. It, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know how the Dolphins, who pattern themselves by their own admission, uh, on the Buffalo Bills as far as a rebuild is concerned, can really look at themselves and say, yeah, we're 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 on course with what the Bills. Uh, rebuild was.
1: Yeah, well, and, and let's ask a broader question because Josh Allen deserves a ton of credit, and I don't want to minimize what he did because he made some big-boy throws at big-boy times. However, uh, competent coverage, competent defensive play-calling, and just above-average, not spectacular play by the wide receivers, those numbers wouldn't be nearly that skewed. Like He played really well, don't get me wrong, but something cataclysmic, Armando, has gone wrong if a, uh, if, if a defense gives up completions of 36 yards, 46 yards, 46 yards, and 47 yards. I'm not making mistakes. There were four different completions of 36 yards or more in that game. That's not all Josh Allen. That is a terrible
0: defense. That is partly true. That, that is that's fair. And I think the Dolphins recognize that, Oh no! <laughs> Give it to me! Give it to me! I want it,
1: Armando!
0: Oh no! We talk again! And there it is. Week two. It's all taken. Week two
1: of the 2020 NFL season,
0: and we've gotten it. No, but look here. Here's the problem that the Dolphins face, Adam. Last year, we were okay with this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, We were fine with you're off to a slow start and maybe you get better late in the year, maybe you don't, but it's fine because everybody knows what's going on, everybody knows what the plan is, and everybody understands that your roster is is subpar and and basically a triple-A roster at best. In fact, so much so that they got rid of half of that roster this year, but this year... The expectations and the standards have been raised, and the Dolphins are struggling to meet those standards.
1: Uh, They're not only struggling to meet those standards, they're struggling to play as well as they did last year when they had practice squad guys and and, and dudes off the street who didn't have a job on Tuesday starting on Sunday. It is worse now than it was then, and that is inexplicable. I mean, uh, Armando, they are giving up. 10.2 10.2 yards per pass. Every single time a quarterback has passed the ball against the Dolphins, he is averaging enough yards for a first down. They are averaging 7.4 or 7.3, 7.2, something like that yards per play. That means it's first and ten, and then it's second and three. If you're living in second and three every single down, every single series, you, you have zero chance to win. Zero, and the only thing that's keeping them in this is their scoring defense hasn't been atrocious, and 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 the only reason that's happened is some missed field goals and and uh, crazy things have happened, a couple of timely turnovers, but aside from that, they should be. It was stunning that the Bills only scored what was it, 31 points on Sunday. It should have been 51 points. The way they were moving the ball up and down the field, the way the Dolphins defense had no answer. This defense is worse right now than it was in 2019.
0: And here is my problem. Uh, Is this coaching staff capable of making them better? Is this a coaching staff that is going to turn this thing around for the Miami Dolphins? And this is why I ask this question. At the end of last year, in a year where I thought that the coaching staff did pretty well considering the talent, Mm -hmm. you you know, um, there was a house cleaning of the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And part of that house cleaning was on offense, but a significant part was also on defense. And so, uh, you know, when you have a first-time NFL defensive coordinator, when your linebacker's coach is new, your defensive backs coaches, he knew. Your your outside linebackers coaches knew. Your uh, your let's see. Your didn't they hire the high school guy, Kirk Kuntz? He, he he's the assess, assistant defensive backs coach. He's new. Rob Leonard uh, is in a new position this year. It's like everybody's new. They they don't know each other. How yeah. are they going to fix
1: this? But, and but, but here's the thing, Armando, and, and I, I totally get that point, but high school coaches would have known you lose your highest paid player, probably your best cornerback because Xavier Howard isn't healthy, four snaps into the game, just play too deep the rest of the game, and if Nick Needham is struggling, put Bob McCain at slot corner and, and, and move Brandon Jones to safety. Don't – like, I think they're outsmarting themselves here. I think they're being too clever by half. If you just would have played cover two the whole game, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad. And,
0: and, riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> uh, Brian Flores wants to put together the New England Patriots defense because that's what they play from a scheme perspective. And that's what he learned. That's what Josh Boyer learned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in New England. So they want to play that scheme. They want to approach it that way. Two problems with that. Number one, Bill Belichick is not on board. Okay? And number two, and perhaps more worrisome, who is the coach that when Brian Flores wants to do something on defense, says, no, 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 no. Let's let's think about this and do something else. Who is that guy? Oh. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm looking it up on the fly. But do they have a guy over the age of
0: fifty on that defensive coaching staff? It's it's not. I don't think it's Josh Boyer. Um, I don't think it's Anthony Campanile. I don't think it's Gerald Alexander. They're new. It's not Austin Clark. He he he's not doing that. Maybe Marion Hobby. Who has pelts on the wall? Yeah,
1: Marion Hob- Hobby's over fifty. He
0: would probably be the best one. Maybe him, but if him if he doesn't, there's no one that speaks up and says, "No, coach, you're wrong." And here's the other thing: who's the last guy that told coach he was wrong and disagreed with him and refused to go along?
1: Uh, he didn't make it the, the first through the first week of training camp.
0: Exactly. The offensive line coach, I don't even remember his name last year, uh, didn't want to start uh, Michael Dieter immediately in training camp, knew that he wasn't ready, said, no, he's not ready, I don't want to do this, and he got fired. Pat Flaherty is the name. Right, exactly. He got fired. And so that is now the standard by which – you know, Dolphins coaches know what's coming if you speak up and disagree with the head man. No.
1: Yeah, and and
0: if that's really what's
1: going on in that building, their their issues go way deeper than what we're talking about. I mean, if there's if 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 they don't have an open dialogue of ideas, because that's I mean, I spent four years uh, Armando. Um, working for the Baltimore Ravens, I was the Ravens.com guy. This is back when I was a pup. I was 23 years old. And the, and the first office I had there, because they moved from old complex to new complex, The new complex is incredible, but the old one was where the Baltimore Colts actually practiced, and where the, the Mayflower moving bands came out of it was that complex. And, and so it was basically a bomb shelter. And my little office, my little cubby, was right around the corner from the entire coaching staff. Like, like I, I, was, I was 50 feet from Brian Billick. I was right around the corner from everybody. Um, I would hear on Monday them screaming at each other, MFing each other, cursing each other up and down after what went wrong, and then the next day they'd be fine. And I know that doesn't work in all certainly work environments. You know, there, you know a lot of places you can't do that. But the National Football League is absolutely a place you can do that. And I'm not saying this isn't happening in the Dolphins headquarters, but if it's not, if there aren't people who are not standing up to each other and saying, this is absolute BS, you cannot do
0: this, they're in trouble. You know, I know that it happens on offense because I know Chan Gailey, and he's going to run his offense, mm-hmm. okay? So if, if Flo tells him, no, Chan, you're not going to do this, you're going to do that, and Chan thinks that's wrong, and Chan wants to do something else, He's going to speak up. It's going to be respectful. It's going to be an exchange, but it won't be a one-sided conversation. I, I mean, it seems like at least the first two weeks, everybody agrees on 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 a course, and both times it's been the wrong course. That means they need more, uh, you know, they need more discussion and they need more exchange. Somebody saying, guys. We're on the wrong course.
1: And they need better in-game adjustments as well. I, I, I think we've, we've done an excellent job of hammering the coaches. We've done a pretty good job of hammering uh, the players. When we get back, Armando, uh, I'm going to turn the attention to another part of that building that really hasn't, really hasn't gotten touched yet, and they deserve a little, little, little bit of criticism. Let's do that when we get back.
0: You ready? Showtime. On May third, yes. summer starts with the Fall Guy. We're doing it, Lando. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions.
1: Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. The fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. is at the poster said? Mm-hmm. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie.
0: Critics say Exist to make you happy.
1: Trying to make it out? No. Mm-hmm. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into
0: right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen.
1: All right, I'm going to go ahead. Three, two, one. So after that crappy tease, I know it was terrible because I'm not a trained broadcast professional like the Armando Salguero is, uh, but I, I think I made my point. Armando, Chris Greer needs to take some time in the blender, right? I mean, he, 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 we, we, I understand this is Flores' team, but this is Chris Greer's roster, and their allocation of resources has been bad so far this season.
0: First of all, I don't like to think of it as hammering. <laughs> I I am presenting facts that are troubling to me <laughs> and let and letting the people and the masses and all of our listeners decide what they think. I'm not hammering. I'm presenting. Okay. Uh,
1: uh, I, now, I apologize for that mischaracterization of uh, our –
0: bludgeoning
1: over the head of the Miami Dolphins today.
0: Now, hand me that ball peen, and <laughs> and, and let's talk about uh, the personnel department so far. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It, it doesn't look good, and go ahead. It doesn't look good right now.
1: Well, I mean, certainly lo- losing their number one for you to pick up four snaps into the game changed the game. Uh, and, and it's not like this guy's got a long history of injury. I think I saw a snap that he missed three games total, I believe, in his time in Dallas. So, I mean, you can kind of give him a break for that. But when you go down the list of acquisitions, and not just acquisitions, Armando, own guys that they extended at big money, and it was whiff after whiff after whiff on Sunday. Xavier Howard and Bob McCain, have got, a guy has been here for a long time. They, they, if, if two players on that defense should have good communication, it's and Howard and Bob McCain, right? They were lost at the most critical moment of the game. Xavier was a stand-up guy. He took responsibility for it. But if Bobby's that, that free safety, deep safety, and, 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 and Brown is running free down, you know, down the left sideline, maybe get over there and cover the guy. I mean, those, so, so those are two that are, are existing on this team. But we go down the list of their highest-paid players. Kyle Van Noy, he's been invisible. Shaq Lawson, he's been less than invisible. Eric Flowers has been fine. I mean, th- th- he's been fine. Amani Ogba, invisible. And so th- those are the- – the guys that I just listed, aside from Ryan Fitzpatrick, are their eight or nine highest-paid players, and only Fitzpatrick and-, and Flowers have held up their end of the bargain.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's – look I- – I think an organization is an organization, right? Um, and what I mean by that is you're we're you're spotlighting Chris Greer, and granted the spotlight should be on him, but it seems to me that some of that has to do with again Brian Flores because it's what what, what is it that we get every time they have a decision, and and Brian <laughs> Flores has to ex- explain it. Um, he says what?
1: It was an organizational decision. I sit down and have conversations with Chris, Brandon, uh, my, my entire staff, uh, his entire staff. It's a cumulative
0: decision. Right. And so my guess is that before free agency, these guys sat down and had an organizational meeting, and it went on and on and on, and they decided to pick these guys Look, it was uh, it was a little stunning to me when I saw Josh Allen run over Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. That to me, uh, that was troubling. Uh, and I know that Kyle Van Noy is nursing that hand injury, and he's playing hurt, or at least not a hundred percent. It's coming back, but he should not get run over by a quarterback. Can we agree on that?
1: Yeah, I think we can agree on that.
0: Yeah. So your $57 million linebacker should not get run over by a quarterback. That, <laughs> that, 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 that's just that, – that is Danelle Ellerby like. It, it, and and uh, the quarterback from the Jets back in the day, the young quarterback who was from, I think, Miramar or something. I, I It was like in the Philbin era. It, you know, That's that's what I had – uh, visions of. Geno Smith? Is that a Geno Smith Gino? reference? That is a Geno Smith reference. Thank you. Um, so, look, yes, Chris Greer, something is not producing from the guys that you paid to produce or a lot of them. Two things, it's early and number two, uh, maybe they're not being put in the so-called Best position to make plays. Yeah, and,
1: and this goes back, and we have some fun back and forth, and our offline podcast, our drive home from stadiums and after games and all that. But I have no explanation, Armando. I have no explanation as to why players are all world before they get here, and they get here and they're just guys. Or guys that are just guys right? Uh, when, they, when they're here, and they go on to Tennessee and throw four touchdowns and a half. Like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how Jeff Ireland uh, got run out of town because he couldn't construct a roster uh, in Miami, and in New Orleans, it, uh, he, has, he has pro bowlers everywhere you look. I, I, explain to me what I'm missing.
0: Well, I think that some guys need to be in the right situation. And, I mean, I saw it the other night on Monday Night Football, DeMario Davis, he was terrible in New York. He was terrible in Cleveland. He goes to New Orleans and he's a Pro Bowl middle linebacker. Could it be that the Jets and the Browns are bad teams, and so good players don't 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 rise? And the Saints are a good team, and they have a way, and they figure out a way to make somebody else's retreads uh, good players again. I, look, the Kyle Van Noy. He was bad in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. He was good in New England, right? Mm-hmm. So far in Miami, he's been
1: okay. He he has not been as bad as Lawson and Agua, but he's no. also he's not he's also not living up to thirteen million dollars a year.
0: That's the thing. Uh, he's not living up to what we saw in New England last year, and but the year before that. But but my,
1: my, my brain hurts though because it's not like you say teams are run badly, but it doesn't matter who's running it to run badly. And, and and that's what I can't get my mind around. It's like they've been through coach after offensive coach, defensive coach, disciplinarian, players coach. No matter what they've tried there, it hasn't worked. On the personnel side, Jeff Ireland, Mike Tannenbaum, Dennis Hickey, now Chris Greer, no matter who you put in the personnel side, the same things happen. I don't get it. It just it just drives me insane. And, and I'm not even a fan. Imagine if you were a Dolphins fan who every year you get your hopes up. Well, a lot of them don't anymore. But but some of them still do. Every year you get your hopes up, and you're like Charlie Brown with the football. They just pick it up right in front of you. You land your backside, and they have the league's worst defense again. I, like I, I, the, the last couple of days has been rough, Armando. Not because mm. I care that you know that deeply much more than anybody else, but. I, I care for the fans. I care for the people that really spend money and, 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 and invest time and effort into this
0: team. And no matter what changes, the story stays the same. And and here's where we turn it forward. The story better not stay the same on Thursday night. The story needs to change, or this season is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. They need to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Oh, no question. No question. If they go to 0-3... The season's over. We're talking about playing Tua in week four. I mean, if, if, if they go to 0-3, especially since they're already two games back in the division, if they go down three games in the division, and, 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 and the Patriots, I know, have a loss, but if they go to 2-1, and one, forget about it. There's, there's, there is zero to play for aside from player evaluation the rest of the year. I know the Dolphins will kill me for saying this, but the year is done if they go 0-3. They're not making the playoffs.
0: Well, they're not making the playoffs because then they would have to be like 9-4 and four in mm-hmm. their final 13 games to, to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. And this year you get an extra wild card. And they're not going 9-4. and four. No, no. Do, do, do you see what their
1: last four games are? Well, first of all, they got they got Seattle and San Fran coming up, and I know San Fran's banged up, but still, they went to the, the Super Bowl last year. Even even at eighty percent, they're better than the Dolphins. And then they've got their, their, their stretch at the end is insane, including the Kansas City Chiefs on the and, and they play the Bills, the Patriots again. Like their, their last four or five games is rough. So no, they're not. They if if they lose on Thursday, they're 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 not making the playoffs.
0: If they lose on Thursday, we are we are, are shifting to full one Tua two a playing mode. One is two a playing mode. One is two a playing mode. Because it's no longer about this season and competing this season, even though you think it is. It's now about get the quarterback ready as quickly as possible for next season. And yes. to do that, he has to play
1: totally right and and even more than that Armando you need to get an evaluation on the guy I mean what they know is what they saw before he got hurt in college and what he's done in practice they, they think he's gonna be really good they don't know and and and, and you have you would have then 13 weeks to figure out hey is, is this what we thought we saw or is this you know maybe not what we thought we saw and I'm not obviously you know, hoping for the worst, but they need that information. They didn't know what they've gotten the guys. So yes, uh, I will write on Thursday if they lose, season over. And 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 what are you playing for now aside from 2021? Because that's there's there's nothing
0: else. Well, here's the thing: um, beyond getting an evaluation on Tula, you have to get the kinks out. You have to look. Any rookie quarterback. That plays, not named Dan Marino. There's going to be pain. Mm -hmm. There's going to be down times. There's going to be moments where he's maybe even a little overmatched. But that has to get out. He has to get that out of his system in the first year, so that the second year, you're you're moving on, and that's no long. The reason that he was the number five overall pick starts to show itself. It's no longer, well, you know, he's bad or he's struggling because he's a rookie. I got that. Let's do that now. Get it out of the way. And next year, it's growth time and go time. Correct. And
1: all of those criticisms that we've laid at the feet of Brian Flores and Chris Greer in the last 25 minutes, they will all wash away if Tua goes out there over the last three months of the season and is excellent, I'm not saying he's going to be great, but if he is excellent and he's spinning the ball and you're like, wow, they got the right quarterback, 2020 is still a win. I mean, seriously, 2020 is still a win because you can go into 21, uh, maybe hire a defensive coordinator that's going to talk back to you and, 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 and make better decisions and have a million draft picks and address the defense more. But if you get the quarterback, right. It's 95% of the battle.
0: Right. I wouldn't call it a win if they're not winning, but it's productive. Can we agree on productive? That's a better word. Yeah. Uh, And here's another thing. Um, The pressure's on a little bit because Joe Burrow is playing. Mm -hmm. And the other day, uh, Justin Herbert played. And they're not winning, but they're playing. They're gaining experience uh, and They look okay. (laughs) They look pretty good, actually.
1: And I I think Tua would look pretty good as well. I just think the Dolphins were not – the Dolphins thought they were going to win this year. They didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl, but they thought they'd be a lot better than what they've shown. Um, And if that proves after three games to be not tenable, it's time to change the plan completely.
0: Okay, so big win against Jacksonville on Thursday night. It's going to happen, Beasley. The season on the brink is saved. I'm calling it now. Love it. I love that enthusiasm. I love right. it. So next week, hopefully, we don't have an, another eat crow session, this time <laughs> with Salguero just having a big crow pie from uh, a, a Jacksonville loss. Um, we do appreciate you joining us here on the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, as always. You, you bring light to the darkness, my friend. That's the best thing I've heard all day. And that's the best thing you will hear all day. Join us next week.